Foodie Films is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Hey there, foodie fans, and welcome back to another episode of Foodie Films. Of course, this is your host, your chef de cinema cuisine, Kyle Reinfried. What's going on? What's happening? How are you? We got another first cut episode for you today. That's right, another first cut episode. We had one the last time, before that was Chocolat, and before that was two first cut episodes in a row. I love my first cut episodes. I love all my episodes, but this one I've had in my back pocket for a while. Uh, you know, it's it's a great episode. How many times am I going to say episodes? Jesus Christ, take a shot every time I say episode. But anyway, before we get into this, since we're not talking a movie this week, I, I feel like uh, I should shed some light on the realm of film production. Or should I just even say entertainment production, TV, film, commercial, web content. You know, that's what I work in, and I've worked on a couple of cool shoots recently. And and I want to talk about the food aspects of them, okay? So hear me out. I worked on a network TV show. I'm not going to say which one, but it was really cool. I'm not. I'm, this, this is me like going on bashing it or whatever. But it's been a while since I've worked on a union gig, and I'm, I won't get into really like the politics of it all or... Uh, but if you guys don't know the difference, you know, there's freelance and there's union, all the big, all like the big money stuff, that's union. And just like any other union, you apply and then you get accepted and you pay your dues. And, but sometimes there's not enough union workers. So then here I am and they hire me and I'm happy to be there. And I was working in the electric department as an electrician. So that's helping out. You know, like, my boss, I mean, there's many bosses, but, you know, like, my go-to guy is then the gaffer, and the gaffer's in charge of lights, and so I'm just setting up cables, hauling light stands and lights, and just putting it where where they want me to, but it's a lot of hurry up and wait. I mean, the whole kind of industry is, but, uh, and by hurry up and wait, I just mean, like, I put the stuff up, I let it sit there, they're shooting, and then when they need to flip, like, the shot, then I go in and I move stuff, but... We're gonna, I'm, I'm going to talk, like I said, more about the food aspect. <laughs> so, when you're on set, there is a thing called crafty. Now, crafty is like a snack table or even sometimes a whole truck. And on this, this uh, particular shoot, there was a truck. And it was in a parking lot. And we're shooting on the fourth floor of this vacant uh, corporate office kind of place. And so... 
normally, you know, you go down, you go into the truck and you grab any kind of drink you want, any kind of snacks, cookies, candies, veggies, you know, in the morning, they'll have some bagels and stuff like that. But if you can't get down to the truck, if you're up on this fourth floor and you're shooting and in between breaks, there's not enough time. So crafty personnel go up there and they'll bring up like they made like little quesadillas before lunch. And you think even little tuna melts, a bunch of like a moosh boosh kind of stuff. And this is the big thing, though. They bring that stuff up and every six hours you're supposed to receive a meal breakfast, lunch, dinner, whatever, every six hours, that's what you're supposed to get. So it was a 7 a.m. call, so lunch is supposed to be at 1. I'm up there, and hey, hey I'm a bigger guy, and I, and I like to eat, but I'm not like, I gotta, I've gotta. i never been like, I gotta eat right now, or or I don't know, I don't know whatever consequence is gonna come along with it. I know uh, I live in a first world. I, I know there's always food ahead of me. I'm not worrying about that. And so... I see it's one o'clock. I'm like, huh, huh. And then someone goes, oh, meal penalty. I'm like, oh, yeah, meal penalties. Now, this is something very specific towards union gigs. So when you're not given a meal at, you know, after the first six hours, every 15 minutes you receive a meal penalty. And I don't know what that equates to financially, but all I know is it's more money. Maybe it's like time and a half every 15 minutes or something like that until you get to go to lunch. And I said I'm not going to get political, and I'm I'm not. But I'm sure if union people are listening, they're not going to like this. But you know what? You guys write in and like comment and tell me and tell me how I'm wrong. I love being wrong because then that means I'm learning something. So tell me, you know, when I think unions, I think of when you know kids were working in the workforce and people weren't being treated like people, and that's when unions were like you know a saving grace kind of thing. But once you get into meal penalties category, it starts getting a little silly for me. Again, because there's also these, you know, like snacks offered to you to hold hold you over till you have your hot meal. This whole, you know, that had steak, fish, chicken options, whole salad bar, the works. And, uh, but hey, I was making extra money from it, so I guess I shouldn't complain, but... It's just pretty interesting. So we got two meal penalties because then we broke by one thirty, uh, and yeah, and th- that 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 was my most recent meal penalty and union experience. But the other experience I had was I was working on these smaller shoots for Food Network, and Food Network has a really cool app out now that you can download, and I think there's a monthly fee to it, but it's worth it uh, because you get all of these recipes. So all the Food Network shows that exist from, you know, the, the, I, there's all the, the smaller ones like Christmas cookie challenges to obviously like uh, Guy Fieri, diners, drive-ins, and dives. And so anything he ever eats, you know, goes to a diner and eats something. And while you get to see, you know, the chef there making it, this is someone on camera breaking down the recipe so you can learn how to make it so really cool and so it was really cool you know as a, as a foodie well clearly foodie film guy i really appreciated being on a food set that was a really cool experience and these guys the plus to it all is these guys really know how to eat and since it's like a smaller crew uh you know they would order out from some really great places so we had some really great lunches and one specific place i want to say is charlie street and that is uh with you know dan churchill is chef and one of the owners and he was one of the one of the guest chefs for cooking these recipes from the food network 
and we ordered from his place that day, like I said, Charlie Street, Charlie spelled C-H-A-R-L-E-Y, and it was fantastic. So Charlie Street is, I think, you know, gives you a lot of healthier options. It's like a breakfast, lunch, coffee kind of place, and they, we ordered a bunch of bowls from there, and then they had the separate proteins to add to the bowls, and there was this vegetarian vegan i don't you know really know the clear difference <laughs> on it but a ch- vegan chorizo option you know ch- chorizo you know spicy uh, what is that spicy mexican sausage can be pretty greasy but delicious they had this vegetarian option for it and it was amazing so i can't wait to go back there and uh, again he was just uh you know, Dan Churchill, just a really cool guy. So shout out to Dan Churchill and being incredibly innovative with his vegetarian chorizo. But we're here to talk with, I, you know, I get to talk with amazing people. And this is another amazing, innovative individual, Kristen Tomlin of Doe. And, you know, just like chorizo, cookie dough, not the healthiest thing, but this is all about a healthier dough option. And, well, you're going to hear all about it. So here we go with Kristen Tomlin of Doe. Kristen, thank you so much for making this happen. Thanks for having me at the, is this the, the Doe headquarters? Yeah, yeah, this is our office. We're right in the, I mean, the heart of the village, right? And, right. And uh, so let's just, if anyone doesn't know you or know your company, why don't you tell the foodies out there who you are and what you're doing? Yeah, of course. So I'm Kristen Tomlin. I'm the founder and CEO of Doe, Cookie mm-hmm. Dough Confections, and we specialize in all things cookie dough. Um, all of our cookie dough is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. edible and bakeable That's so awesome. lots of combinations <laughs> you can choose from there's so much i stepped inside the store at first and i'm just like mesmerized i'm like well a- a- after after we record yeah. yeah it's a little bit like willy wonka and you know like you can yes. be a kid again when you're an adult <laughs> and you don't have to listen to your mom That's... when she's saying don't don't lick the the bowl you know yeah well you know what as, as you say that let's get into that aspect aspect of it cookie dough there's negative you know connotations to it I, yeah. I mean I worked at a deli for a little while and we used to sell like the cookie dough and then they got a notice that blank 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 because the government doesn't allow you to sell cookie dough anymore yeah so tell people out there that might be like oh cookie dough like you're, I was told you're not supposed to eat the yeah raw, well you know? I mean most cookie dough that's true you're oh. not supposed to eat it um because there could be contaminants from the egg or what a lot of people don't know is also the flour oh, okay. um both of those ingredients that you know, with normal cookie dough, you would make at home could harbor bacteria and they can make you very ill. So stay away from the cookie dough you make at home. But ours is different. Ours is completely safe to eat. All of those ingredients are treated. So before they even get to us, they are heat treated to make sure that none Ah. of those pathogens, you know, are present. And then they're tested. So we know everything is safe. Um, But the process is still similar. It's still real cookie dough. Mm -hmm. uh, But because those ingredients are treated, it's safe. And then you also still have the option of baking it. So if you want to eat it, I mean, my favorite way is like a little bit of ice cream and a big scoop of cookie dough. (laughs) But you can also, you know, I also love fresh, fresh baked cookies. Yeah. Every once in a while. You can make an ice cream sandwich with it. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And so... I started the brand really out of my love for cookie dough and um, wanted to make it safe to eat for everybody. Mm -hmm. And then the actual store experience is centered around, it's, it's kind of set up like an ice cream experience. So that part of it is familiar, but really we're scooping cookie dough for you. Yeah, Um, exactly. Yeah. And 20 different flavors. So you can really choose whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Anytime. um, 
I had never been to the, you know, your brick and mortar downstairs before. The first I saw of it was at City Field and then at the Time Out Marketplace. So you guys are expanding. Yeah. So you started uh, the company in 2014. So I started it online originally. Uh, online, okay. Yep, yep. So I was working in consulting, brand consulting, ah, and okay. was doing that full time. And this was kind of like a side hustle, mm-hmm. passion project that ended up turning into obviously a full time, yeah. full time gig. But when I started it, I was you know still working. So the mm-hmm. the best thing for me was to start it online and really just understand the market a little bit better because yeah. nobody was doing it when I how I was thinking about it or when I was thinking about it. And so I I was afraid that. Maybe people wouldn't be able to get over the stigma around not eating cookie dough. They sure. would still like, you know, turn away from it. And that certainly was not my experience. It was like, it was like what I imagine like prohibition when they finally let people drink again. It was like, you know, madness. <laughs> that is the crazy thing. Not to take anything away from what you've done from this empire that you're creating, but it's cookie dough. I mean, right. it's always been, I mean, as a little kid, yeah, that was yeah. just like, or, or even cake batter. Right. That, oh my gosh. Too. Brownie like, batter. Yeah, I would like, con- oh yeah, it was my favorite. The, and you just had this aha moment. Like actually, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been eating, cookie dough my whole life brownie batter cake batter and just kind of it was my favorite guilty pleasure and so I was kind of like oh salmonella what was that you know um and just for me it was I was willing to take the risk but the aha moment was really when I was with a bunch of girlfriends we went to this cookie shop in Philadelphia Mm -hmm. and we walked out of the cookie shop without buying any of their fresh baked cookies instead we left with this tub of cookie dough that they were selling for oh, you to go okay. home and bake like have fresh baked cookies yeah. at your home and um and i turned to my girlfriends and i was like i kind of just want this cookie dough does anybody else want to share it and so you know when five of us were all in agreement that we <laughs> that we wanted just the dough um we sat in the car and passed it around and just ate it with our fingers because we couldn't <laughs> sit in this like cute little cafe because yeah. they would have been like excuse me ma'am like you're <laughs> crazy like yeah you gotta go taking in this image of just a group of girlfriends just in the tub it, just... no it really i mean it, let's be honest it wasn't the first time that we had done it but it was sure. the moment that i was like why is this not a thing why yeah. isn't there actually a place we can go Mm-hmm. And an experience dedicated to cookie dough because I had never met anybody who didn't like it. Yeah. And everybody had been sneaking it and it was kind of, you know, one of those things that everybody was doing anyways. But yeah. I wanted, I was like, okay, I can figure this out. I can make it safe to eat. I can there still. Was like cookie, cookie dough uh, speakeasy. Exactly. Like no. Stuff. And that's honestly what people used to call our like original kitchen. Oh. They used to call it a cookie dough speakeasy the, the because, mill. yeah, it was like on a second floor. There was no sign outside. It was just where we were making it. Special knock. Right. Yeah, exactly. You had to have a passcode to get it. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. And so then, yeah, you. Uh, what did you take from the marketing world? Like, what did you, you know, your knowledge from that, and then you have your passion for baking yeah. and cookies and cookie dough. So what, what did that, what did you use from that to channel to create this business? Right. So when I started the business, I didn't know the first thing about running a business or mm-hmm. even starting a business. So I started with what I knew, and I knew about baking, and I knew about branding. So okay. I kind of started there, and I started creating all of the things that go into the brand. So it was the logo, the visual system, you know, what it looked like, felt like, yeah. um, and really what I was doing for my full-time 
job, my real job at the time, mm-hmm. was um, building brand experiences. So I was, so then I was really thinking through the whole experience of how you get cookie dough and what yeah. this store experience is and kind of all of those different touch points where you hit customers online and social media and really thinking about it holistically, uh, which was incredibly helpful. And it gave me kind of a roadmap to start my business. And I had, you know, an end goal of what I wanted it to be. Yeah. I mean, you're creating just very, just even besides forget the taste, just visually appealing. Yeah. I mean, people eat with their eyes, right? So it's, I mean, I knew that that was part of it for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, And it's been a crazy experience, you know, starting the business and running the business. But I always say, you know, I, I didn't invent cookie dough. Cookie dough isn't something that I am came up with. It's been around for many, many, many years. I just kind of innovated about how we eat it and how we enjoy it. Um, And that was really the novelty, I think, for for everybody. I know I've read this somewhere. It's probably a very famous quote, probably like Albert Einstein or something (laughs) like Thomas Edison. It's like, there's two types of inventions. There's inventing something new or there's perfecting something. And that's what, and you did, you know, number two, you perfected it and you made it something you I mean you also educated people right and made them right. know yeah that this is a safe thing this isn't just you know right you're not creating moonshine of <laughs> I mean that would be good <laughs> but I mean and that has to help also with the marketing and then creating this visually pleasing product with today in social media I right. mean you definitely you started a company in like a a peak time where of Instagram and Facebook and right, Twitter. Right, right. Yeah, it was actually when when we first started, Instagram was like just getting off the ground. Okay, yeah. Um, so there wasn't, at that time, it wasn't like you were building things to be Instagrammable and that sure. was never my intent. And I think sometimes people try to do things like, oh, what's the most Instagrammable thing that we can do? Mm-hmm. And that's not how we think about things. We yeah. think about obviously the quality and the taste, but when you're thinking about anything and when you're presenting anything, especially food, you have to make it look beautiful. And I think just the nature of what the product was and then how we presented it became Instagrammable, if that makes sense. Oh, totally. I had uh, on a first cut episode, episode, uh, George Motes, the America's burger expert. And he said, I mean, you know, he loves burgers. He's made a livelihood out of books and shows and writing a musical about hamburgers wow, right now. Burger, yeah. that sounds interesting and uh but he has so much disdain for the mac and cheese burger because he's just like the guy that invented it just did it to make a visually yeah you know, like i mean you see it and you're like oh my god those are burgers mac and cheese how could you go wrong but then you're like oh wait it's like you've got the carbs of the buns already then you have the like no it doesn't stuff like that doesn't make sense yeah right, exactly right. yeah but you take cookie dough and you create this whole like it o- almost reminds me of like the cold stone experience like that was the first you know yeah. like, place that you see just all those like, toppings and right. just like the toppings you guys right put yeah on it's too. kind of that's that's yeah. you know part of my inspiration for sure and and really with the whole like making it seem like at least at first an ice cream experience mm-hmm. th- my experience with cookie dough was like someone else treats a you know ben and jerry's carton like i would always have it in my fridge or freezer and i would be the one that gets a couple bites out every night mm-hmm. um and so i wanted to translate that personal experience okay. to everybody else and so you know that kind of helped inform the the look and feel of our containers they like look very similar yeah. to an ice cream container how we scoop it you, you know put it into whether it's in a cones. right exactly yeah. exactly why not yeah <laughs> why not uh let's go back all the way to the beginning when did your love for food where did that start and was it always 
is it just baking? Is it just cookies? What, you know, tell me all about that. Yeah. So, um, it started at a really young age. My mom is a chef and we grew up, you know, basically it's her guinea pigs recipe testing, whatever (laughs) she was working on. Um, and so I grew up in the kitchen next to her Mm -hmm. and that was really the only time I could get my mom's attention was if I helped her with whatever she was making because there were four kids in our family and it was always craziness but my mom I could get my mom's attention when I was in the kitchen so I was always next to her side just you know being her little sous chef chef. exactly (laughs) um and and over time I fell in love with baking she loves like the the savory side and doesn't Mm -hmm. have a huge sweet tooth and I have the biggest sweet tooth so I kind of took over I was like I'll make all of the sweet things and then for any occasion birthday or really no occasion at all, I would whip up something sweet to make. So baking was always, I think, what I was most passionate about at a young age. Mm-hmm. And I was like the nerd that was renting cookbooks from the local library <laughs> and like taking cooking classes on the weekends and, you know, just really having fun with it. And that was my like ex- way to be creative. Um, Did you have an easy bake oven or were you just... Yeah, using- <laughs> oh, I had okay. multiple easy <laughs> bake really? ovens. Yeah, like I would wear them out. I <laughs> <laughs> no, no joke. And my mom was like, okay, we can't buy these stupid like yeah. little mixes. Like, let's like teach you how to use, use the real a, oven. Yeah. yeah. Sure. So go. I was, I was well versed in the kitchen from a young age. Awesome. Um, but I think as I got older, I became cooking more or like started, you know, cooking. When I was young, I didn't have a need to. My mom obviously sure. yeah, made our food. But as yeah. I went to college and kind of fended for myself, I learned how to the love of cooking as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I basically bake for my pr- profession, but when I'm at home, I really enjoy cooking. And, oh, that's great. Um, and yeah, I don't, when I get home, I'm like kind of sick of the baking aspect. Yeah. So and that's then, kind of perfect that yeah. you can separate because it is, I mean. They're very different. Yes. Yeah. I mean, baking is very like mathematical, yes, right? Yeah. I mean, it's really scientific. You, it's, yeah. it's, you got to like follow the recipe, whereas cooking, it's, it's much more when I get home, I'm like, oh, a little of this, a little yeah. of that, taste yeah. it along the it's way. Like you can kind of, right. classical. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's awesome. And so, I mean, you, you were baking since you were little, then you were cooking, you know, once you got to college and then when like you're then you're working in marketing and you have this aha moment on the girl you know yeah and then you're like okay first we're gonna try it online right what was the step what you just saw I mean the numbers were coming in and so then you went brick and mortar or so I so I launched online was working full-time and it got to a point when I was I basically couldn't juggle both jobs. Yeah. Um, I was, you know, working nights and weekends on the side hustle, which was dough, mm-hmm. um, and working well more than full time at my regular job. And it, it got to the point where I, when I was at work, I constantly wanted to be working on the business. And yeah. when I was working on the business, I just never had enough time. And then always felt guilty because I was like missing out on work stuff or, you know, put it, things were falling behind. Sure. And, um, so it just got to a point where I was like, okay, I got to figure something out. I don't know what's going on. It was actually like six weeks into the business. It was pretty quick. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And luckily my boss was incredibly supportive and he knew about the concept and knew that I was kind of working on it on the side. And so I went to him and I was just like, what the hell do I do? I was yeah. like lost. I was like, I really want to be spending time on this business, but I also value my job. I don't know. Do people quit their jobs? Do they like, like what are my options? So I went to him and went to HR and was just kind of like, okay, can I like take some time off? I thought I just needed some time off to yeah. like figure it out and like hire somebody. Um, and so we agreed that I, w- I went down to part-time. So part-time and then 
just to kind of I was like oh I'll do it for a couple months until I can get my like yeah. keep my head above water um figure this all out and then I'll come back and it, it, when I even part-time it was like still not enough time for mm-hmm. me to do it all um so I eventually ended up leaving the company and you know they were still incredibly supportive and they have free cookie dough for life that's great for sure <laughs> I'm sure they're happy um, about that yeah yeah so it's been good yeah after about a, a year of being online mm-hmm. um we were na- shipping nationwide we were doing deliveries within new york city our kitchen was in midtown and then we had as an option the kitchen as a pickup location so you could order online and then pick it up if you lived in the neighborhood or like a lot of people worked in the neighborhood so they could just pick it up and not you know forego any fees but what started happening is people found out our location because our address was on there as a pickup location Uh they just started showing up and started (laughs) saying i'm here to buy cookie dough and and at first we were freaking out we're like oh my god we forgot an order like what's your order number we have nothing because we really only made we made everything to order. We only made what came in and, you know, mm-hmm. we didn't have any sort of extras. And so originally I was like, oh, you know, come back tomorrow. We can like make whatever you want. And yeah. um, and I was like, okay, I can't turn people away. They're like seeking us out. Yeah. They know that we're here. They, they, want, co- they want cookie dough now. <laughs> I like, I can't be the one to deny them these cravings. Um, so we just changed, you know, made a bigger batches and mm-hmm. then had some extras set aside. We had, ex- yeah. you know, so they could come in, we would sell them, okay, here are extras today, like, take what you want, when it's gone, it's gone, whatever flavors we have is what we have, um, and then it, it was like a snowball effect, once they found out we had extras, more people came, so we made more, so then we started to get, we had a whole extras freezer, we yeah. started opening up an extra day of the week, because we just had this st- really steady walk-in traffic, um, and so for me, that was really the time that I was like, okay, if I had a real storefront and a whole experience like I was thinking about it dedicated to cookie dough I could really make this a thing because at that point I had taken over two other spaces in the building for just storage and for all like what we were doing in volume and um so I was like by the time you add up these three rents I might as well just have a storefront and take advantage of New York City traffic you know yeah I mean you're in a great location exactly (laughs) you're Um, right by NYU right you know College kids, they just, you know, cookie I mean, dough. Yeah, why house. not? <laughs> um, but so we started looking for real estate, but it took us about nine months to find this actual location. We okay. looked at about 100 other spots and just none of them felt right. And then the stars aligned and this one worked out. Um, so, and really, once I decided I was going to move to retail, then I used, I, while we were looking for that space, we really used the people that were coming into our kitchen as kind of the testing ground. We just listened to what they asked for and what they wanted because at that time we had two sizes Mm -hmm. and it was all, you know, what was there was there. It was all packaged and people would come in and say, can I get more than one flavor in a cup? Can I get it with Uh, ice cream? Can I add toppings? Can I do (laughs) this? Can I warm it up? Can you have cookies? You know, all of these things. And I was like, cha-ching, 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 like, great, this is, like, exactly what I need to be hearing, so we really listened to our customers about what they wanted and how they wanted to eat their cookie dough, and then, as we were creating the experience, created something that they were, they knew that they wanted, you know? In the beginning, uh, how many flavors were you creating? Um, we've always had about 20. Oh, wow. Yeah, we've always had a big menu. They've definitely changed over the years, and we've always had a variety of vegan and gluten-free flavors. I think it's important to try and hit a number of different, you know, lifestyles and restrictions and all that. Um, And, yeah, we've always had about 20, and it's 
madness, but also that gives you endless options. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely great that you've created a product that, I mean, is inclusive towards everybody. I mean, my, my sister uh, has gluten allergies, and I mean, I have friends that are vegans, and that's definitely, you know, it, yeah. it, it can be tough I yeah. mean, for, you know, for people out there. So what does that mean to you as obviously, I mean, you're listening to the people, you're creating something. What is, have you, have, have you taken a moment just to step back and look at like what you've what you're creating here i mean not really no it's (laughs) it's pretty damn impressive thank you thank you um yeah i feel like as an entrepreneur you're always like looking forward yeah Uh, and even like yes yes. like sure i should reflect more on kind of what's happened (laughs) over the past few years um but i'm always like okay what's next like great i'm so happy that we've we are where we are but like i'm always trying to think ahead i mean so the company is five years old now five six just years. yeah just under five years just under five yeah. years and you have in the place right in the village and yep. you, then you then it was city field city field was next um when did that uh when did you start that so we opened that in april of 2017 okay yeah. um so this is our third season out there at city field and then we've done a bunch of pop-ups okay um so we did one in midtown one in soho one in montauk Right now, we're in Chicago at Navy Pier. Obviously, fantastic exposure in that sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we opened up our second permanent location in Dumbo earlier this year. And that's how this all came to be. So thank you, Jenna Rosen, who (laughs) set this all up. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, first talking about City Field, like, what did did that mean? Like, how did that come to be? Who approached who? Yeah. So they had approached us. It was right after we had opened um, the store. And I think at that point, when we first opened, it was like, that's really when things went crazy. We had four hour lines out the door. We had, it was just, people wanted their dough. I mean, exactly. It was like, it was really, I I always thought that it would, it was a good idea and people would love it, but I didn't understand the like sheer love and craving (laughs) and craze that it would create. Um, so, and while I obviously am incredibly thankful that you know, everyone came out and stood in these lines and, and waited for our cookie dough. Me internally, I was freaking out because we weren't expect we weren't expecting yeah. that volume, and we were not built for that volume at that time. And we, we I was afraid that nobody was going to come. You know what I yeah. mean? So, how many people did you have working for you in the beginning? Um, so I had at this point. I had five people that were all on the production side that had moved from our original kitchen. They okay. were my staff there. So they were just going to continue being, you know, yeah, part creating, of production yeah. here. And then um, I hired four front of house people. Got and it. I thought, I can, I'll be up there. And, you know, between these four people and the help of, you know, my husband here and there, we can like that. That's like all we could really afford and all we could do. And then mm-hmm. when the line started, it was like I called my parents. I called in favors from any friends that, that I could find. The old find. standard. Mom, dad, can you? Yeah. No, they – I mean, I put them to work. Yeah. Um, all of my siblings and their significant others. Like they, they came up the first weekend to celebrate – like. Yeah, I'm quoting celebrate the opening and I called my mom and I was like cancel all your plans like I need you guys to work the whole weekend (laughs) and they just rolled their sleeves up and did exactly that Um, and just until we could hire people to to be able to actually work Um, we the first week we ran out of every single ingredient and here and then we we have these like very special ingredients that we order to make our cookie dough and so we couldn't get them um so we had to close for two days 
which was devastating, but it was also like the first time I had slept in months and I had put up, you know, ads on every single hiring site Mm -hmm. and was just doing an open call. Um, and basically if you could speak English and you could, you had a nice smile and you could just speak to me. (laughs) I mean, I didn't even care about that. I'm like, if you could just like have a normal conversation, then you were hired. And I was like, I can teach you the rest. I can teach you how to screw cookie. I can teach you about all of these things. I just need you to be a body that is here and able to help customers. Um, so <laughs> it was it was certainly an interesting time. And how many people do you have working for you now? So now um, we have about 60. Wow. Yeah, so that includes production and, you know, our front of house staff yeah. or our various stores. Um, and then it also, you know, we continue to ship nationwide. Mm-hmm. We have a catering business dedicated to cookie dough. Um, we do a number of, you know, partnerships and you can find our products in places like Dylan's candy bar. I'm writing a, I just actually wrote a cookbook that's coming out in October. Oh, so Very yeah, cool. so we've got a team of people just working on all sorts of fun stuff. What's the name of the cookbook? It's named hello cookie dough. <laughs> yeah, Perfect. exactly. So it's like my way of allowing and showing people how to make cookie dough safe to eat in their homes, which is Perfect. really exciting for me. Yeah. With like disclosing all of our secrets for the first time and just allowing people to have it in the comfort of their home. Like, Definitely. you know, I would have wanted it years and years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so City Field approached you. Yep. I mean, that's just, I've, I've said it before. I mean, I talked about it originally on the first 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 cut episode with Pat LaFrieda because he's got his, you know, uh, set up there. Yeah. It's just City Field is just they one do. of those places that, like, is just amazing as far as their food game. They do such a good job with their food, and it really is, like – a reason to go to that ballpark. Yeah. Um, I, every time I go, I'm like, Ooh, what am I going to eat? It's like the most exciting time. Um, so we were really excited when they approached us mm-hmm. and we could not be happier that we're, you know, still, still there three seasons later. Yeah. And now instead of give me some peanuts and cracker jacks, just give me some Lafrida steaks and some dough. Exactly. <laughs> and when we first went in there, because it was funny because we, the lines were still crazy long here. Mm-hmm. And so we had, people that were buying tickets to the Mets game just to get our cookie dough because they didn't, the line was at least a little bit shorter there. Mm -hmm. Um, And the line was honestly so long there, they had to open up a second stand just to kind of deal with the people. And I mean, people get pretty crazy when they're drunk and hungry for cookie dough (laughs) if they can't get it. And then the timeout marketplace, I mean, that just, I went to the opening night, I think that was right at the end of May. So how did that come to fruition? So timeout, um, I mean, we've had a relationship with timeout over the years, just Mm -hmm. as, you know, they're a great media partner um, and covering the best of of what's in New York City. And so, and I've actually been to their original market is in Lisbon um, and I've been to it. And when I heard that they were opening up here in New York, I was ecstatic because it's such, it's actually different than any food hall that, that I've been yeah. to especially in New York um it's a really elevated experience and so really when they is. asked us to be part of it we were absolutely you know thrilled um and happy to be there yeah I actually um I had uh Joao you know Sapita on for a first cut episode and then I went to Lisbon and I uh got a tour of the time oh cool that is it's, just, hu- it's huge yeah it's a, yeah. it's such a spectacular place, and it's it's cool that every it seems like every place has its own vibe to it. I mean, there I just appreciated because it's just one huge enormous, open room right, right. that's just like a rectangle versus right. New York. You're kind of it's very New York. You're kind of yes. going through the streets and everything like that. Exactly, and, you're kind of like discovering things yes. along the way. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, 
if you think, I mean, I know, well, his, his whole goal with it was to create a 4D experience from the magazine and then to create a, like a one-stop place to get all the different, you know, bites and tastes of the city. So what do you, what does that mean to you to be part of the New York fabric? Yeah, I mean, honestly, to, it's really humbling. It's like, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, it's really cool yeah. because the brands and the food that's there and the chefs are amazing. There's, mm-hmm. you know, absolutely some of the best. And just to be one of those, you know, New York places that you have to hit is, is really cool. Yeah. yeah. So you're, uh, you're from Missouri. Right? Yeah. I'm from right? St. Louis originally. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I, I grew up in New Jersey. The first day I got my driver's license, I looked at my friends and just went, who wants to go into the city? Like, yeah. New, York, New York was just, it was New York. Right. Right. And then when I started traveling, I'm like, oh, that's not a city. You right. know, like the, New York was just, you know, one of the biggest, most important cities in the world Yeah. was just like my city. It was city so close was to so you. Close yeah. To me. Right. So when like moving here and then again, like now becoming the fabric, like, that's just gotta be that. That's gotta be so crazy. Just that having like you are a New Yorker now, and you are part of just the New York. I mean, you're you're at a baseball stadium. Right. I know it's it's really crazy. Um, yeah. I, I guess when I moved to New York, I think a lot of people that move here, I've heard you know feel the same way. They they move to New York. They're like, oh, I'll be there for a few years, yeah. and um, it'll be great. It's good while you're young, and um, <laughs> where you can still live in a shoebox coming from right out of college yeah. um and then after a few years it was like okay a few more years and finally I'm like okay I'm like clearly not going anywhere I am a New Yorker and it's really cool that I've started a business that is also very New York Definitely. um because yeah. when I came here I certainly didn't think that that was good I didn't know you know you never know what's going to happen but mm-hmm. I certainly didn't have this starting this business in my original plan but I'm happy it worked out as it did what made you come here originally? Did you, where did you, did you do a school around here? Um, I went to school in Cincinnati, design okay. school, and oh, then okay. I came up here for a job right out of college. Perfect, yeah. Um, yeah, so. Um, let's just talk about baking and cooking as a therapy. That's something I'm very interested yeah, in. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because um, I think that was, regardless of where I've lived and, you know, interned or moved, whether I went to college or, you know, even when my kitchen was and still is very tiny here in New York City, <laughs> baking and cooking was kind of my escape from all of it. And it was like the one familiar thing that I could always count on. Um, and so when when I was working in New York, I would come home from work after a stressful day and just like as therapy, mm-hmm. kind of fall into whatever I wanted to make. And then the other part of baking that I've always enjoyed was sharing that with other people. So it would bring whatever I made into the office yeah. and then, you know, people would have the best reaction, which is awesome. Um, but it also, part of the story that I, I don't talk about very much, but I ended up between, when I was still working full time, I ended up in a, in the hospital with a very rare illness oh, in 2000. Wow. 14, right before I started the business. That's terrible. I'm yeah, sorry to hear that. it's it's okay. I'm like much better, and it was a, it's a condition called Steven Johnson syndrome, and I basically I've had an allergic it. reaction to an antibiotic. It was it's like it's very rare. Wow. But I ended up in the ICU for 21 days, and then on life support, and it was obviously a traumatic time. But when I got yeah, out of the hospital, li- life support. I'd say yeah. The- yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I can, yeah, I don't want to. No, I don't get care. Into it. Yeah. yeah, no, I don't it's, need to get into all the details. It's, it's, um, it, I'm fine talking about it, but it's not fun to always. No, 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 about, no. That's, but, I mean, that's 
gotta be. I mean, and this is before you started? This is before I started. Yeah, okay. so this was actually like a, uh, seven weeks before my wedding. I ended up getting sick and then luckily was able to You don't get... need to write a cookbook. You need to write a book. You need like a... <laughs> all of this is this in is my a, cookbook. Is... It's like okay. all... Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like a lifetime Yeah. Well, the thing was is that when I got out of the hospital, I yeah. started going back to work and I could only go back part-time okay. just because of my stamina and what I was able to, to do. And so when... But at this point, I had already written the business plan for, yeah. for the business. And so... For me, when I was recovering, yeah. it was even more therapy. Like, I was very lost at that time about what the hell I was doing with my life. Sure. I had just had this really traumatic experience. And and baking was the thing that I kind of got lost in again. Mm-hmm. And then planning for the business was something that just got my mind off of all of the, like, physical stuff I was yeah. going through. So, yeah, I ended up launching the website, like, six months to the day of getting out of the hospital. Whoa. So it was like certainly a good distraction for me. Of and course, also yeah. really I was like, I was kind of like, what do I have to lose? Like I'm going to follow this passion and do yeah. what I want to do because life is too short. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I know you're married. So did the wedding go on? At yes. The, the okay. wedding, the wedding went on, um, which was another good distraction. It was like, just get out of the hospital and like, the only thing you have to do is like just get to the wedding. It was like a something to look forward. Yeah, to. you had a lot yeah. of like light at the end of the yes. tunnel to be like looking at yeah. and keep you. That was exactly motivated. It. So wow, yeah, that's a crazy story. That's I, don't, I know it is crazy. No, yeah, I, I had when I was young, I actually had a um, an injury. I you know the uh, um, Christopher Reeves, the original super or yeah, of course, you know, Superman. Yeah. What he broke, I sprained. Oh, geez. I woke up. I was just How did you do that? They they wrote medical journals on me. They have no idea. I woke up. My mom's a nurse. Uh, How old were you? I I just turned nine. Okay, so you're pretty young. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe just turned eight. I can't remember now. But I woke up, and I was paralyzed from the the neck down. (gasps) And I started screaming and crying and yelling for my mom. And they rushed me to, like, you know, the emergency room. And they end up, like, uh, you know, with obviously all, like, like frozen compression. Like, see see what's, like, going on. And it was, like, one of my, you know, in your neck, it's, like, C1, 2, 3. I think it was, like, C4 vertebrae. And it was out of place. And they have no idea, quote, unquote, because uh, I'm not a I'm not a small fella. They said I was a uh, over muscular child. I think that was a nice way of saying husky. Uh, <laughs> no. I like uh, that. Yeah, over muscular child, and they have no idea. So this is right before Fourth of July, and they said maybe, maybe they have no idea that in little league. Uh, because I was in the outfield, because when you're little and you're not good at baseball, they put you in the outfield. But maybe <laughs> when I threw a baseball one time, maybe when I threw that baseball, I tore a muscle. And maybe if I tore that muscle, when it healed, it pushed the vertebrae out of place. I mean, that's crazy. Place. Yeah. And so... That's so scary. I always say if there, if, if, if I ever uh, get any sort of fame or whatever and they want to make a really, you know, cheesy movie about me, right. that would be my aha moment because that was the summer I always loved movies yeah like my parents called me uh after the the critic Leonard Malton they called me like the little Leonard Malton growing yeah. up because I was always very just like critical towards movies and that summer 
all I did was people right. brought me VHS tapes. Sure, you had and to lay low, me. right? Yeah, and right. so all summer long I watched movies, and that's like my little moment of just like what you know, yeah, sparked my interest further into film. No, and it's stuff interesting like that. how yeah. how things happen. I mean, I'm but, so glad you're okay, thank and you. Yeah. you don't have any. Like no, they just long-term. said, like, don't play any contact sports. And, of course, yeah. then when I got to high school, I tried wrestling. But I yeah. stopped doing that for different reasons altogether. <laughs> I had long hair, and the coach wanted me to cut my long hair. Yeah, said, you're like, no. No. Absolutely not. Yeah. I worked hard for this hair. Exactly. I, I always thought, you know, that I looked like, you know, when the beast turned back into a human. <laughs> Glorious had a hair, but I looked more like meatloaf, so yeah. it's okay. But, uh, <laughs> but, well, at least that's where, you know, where your love for movies kind of... Yeah sparked and look I mean you had your love beforehand of cookie dough yeah. and baking but that's great that you then channeled and you just had just even a further moment of just like yeah let me go after right this. I mean I think it, it definitely going through any sort of medical yeah. issue I think it kind of changes your perspective um, and just just has you reevaluate a few things and yeah. for me it was like you know what am I doing with my life yeah. and I, I, I watched a uh, a couple or uh yeah a couple interviews with you and just reading the bio on the website and i just love that you uh you said that um you're someone that didn't don't doesn't like hearing people just talk and then not seeing something come right, to fruition. right. just like stop talking and, yeah and, and or like stop yeah right? stop complaining about something like yeah. do something about it make something right yeah right, exactly yeah and that's i think that's just a really good you know lesson in general and something that clearly you applied because yeah. in this you know just about five year span you've created you know what you know definitely some people could call like an empire of this I mean of you know of cookie dough yeah I mean it's been crazy but when I I I talked about the idea for you know almost two years before I actually did anything about it and and it was it was the time when you know people started checking back in with me and were like hey how's that cookie dough thing you're working on and I wasn't really working on it at all that I was almost embarrassed I was like oh my god I like hate people that talk about things and don't I mean, do something so it was like employed and everything like yeah, that some no, people, I was like busy the doing other out there things. that are like no, I'm no. the struggling artist and I just only if I you no know, yeah no I was I was busy it wasn't like I was like just sitting around but yeah. um but I was like you know what I'm gonna actually do something and see yeah. kind of where it goes and here we are and here we are exactly yeah. Well, moving on, it's called Foodie Films. Uh, As I told you before we started recording, we have episodes that we highlight, you know, films specifically. But these episodes, I like to include at least one scene from a movie. And uh, when I reached out to you and we were talking, you were like, would this work? And you sent me a link and I clicked on it. I'm like, oh, this is perfect. And so what's perfect is the the lunch scene from Mean Girls. Yes, it's like, it's... It's a movie that I've watched a million times. And... It's such a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a great movie, definitely. I don't know if they've covered it on the uh, Cage Club Podcast Network that I'm part of. My friend Brian Rodriguez hosts High School Slumber Party, so that's definitely a movie that takes place I feel in like high it school. Would be fitting. He will he will eventually discuss if he hasn't yet. Sorry, sorry, Brian, if I don't know that you've covered it yet. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's talk about. I mean, let's just talk about that high school experience <laughs> and like. I mean, it does that. It is one of those movies that definitely covers that uh, well. But actually, well, first let's play the clip and then we'll talk about it. Okay. Here, this map is gonna be your guide to North Shore. Now, where you sit in the cafeteria is crucial because you got everybody there. You got your freshmen, ROTC guys, preps, JV jocks, Asian nerds, cool Asians, varsity jocks, unfriendly black hotties, girls who eat their feelings, girls who don't eat anything, 
Desperate Wannabes, Burnouts, Sexually Active Band Geeks, The Greatest People You Will Ever Meet, and The Worst. Beware of the Plastic. Uh, Lindsay Lohan is getting shown around. She is a right, transfer, she's the new girl. transfer student from, she grew up in Africa, right? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's, uh, oh God, why am I bl- blanking on, Lizzie Kaplan, right? Is She becomes friends with, that's the actress's name, and she's showing her around and telling her all the clicks. Right. So, I mean, when watching, did this remind you of high school grow, growing up? Or? To be honest, not really, not but really. I think that that's kind of the novelty for me about yes. it is because I, I went to an all-girls Catholic school. Okay, so, so yeah, it was a very different. different. Different, but it was like because I had such a not that my high school experience was like different by any means. Yeah, so I didn't I didn't grow up with all of those different cliques in high sure, school. But yeah. that's kind of you know the movie is like oh my god is that really what like co-ed high schools are <laughs> yeah. like? Is everybody really like that? So and it's obviously just a very funny funny yeah. scene. So yeah. just going through that whole. Yeah, showing all the clicks and where people sit. Right, and, and like don't sit with them. And yeah. the, I mean, it's it kind of hits hits all the different yeah. bases for sure. Did did you? I mean, going to an all girls Catholic school was there? What what was the lunch time? I mean, did you guys even have like the standard lunch? Like yeah, yeah. Like yeah, we had. Uh, there were two different lunch periods, um, and really, it was like you almost. Sure, I guess there were like different groups because yeah. you sat. There were tables, and at some point you have to like split up. Um, but it was split up first, like by grade, more yeah. than anything, and then secondly into like a few different groups. Sure. Um, but the high school was small. I mean, there was 160 people in each class, mm-hmm. so it's not like it wasn't like we went to this massive school where yeah. like you know you have all of these like oh I don't know those people but they're like they seem like this or you know you we knew most of. The yeah. people did you i'm always curious when it comes to like high schools did you have the like the standard cafeteria where there was like i don't know sloppy joe monday or whatever or was it like i mean i always like usually bagged my lunch to yeah school. i usually brought my lunch but yeah. they they had like a kind of stereotypical like line you could go through yeah. and it was more like it wasn't like every day they had like one item it was yeah. like they always had, always had pizza, pizza and pretzels and like all sorts of just yeah. crap that was bad for you but like obviously delicious <laughs> um so yeah but I, i'm usually i usually brought me lunch but i would always get like a chocolate chip cookie or something that i'm nice and warm maybe great. you should start getting dough into like high schools and get, like, i know a, the, you know healthier option i totally the, should that would be pretty awesome <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh yes and so last part let's do the gut instincts it's my little speed round so i'll just ask you these questions and whatever uh, comes to your first okay what's your favorite fast food um maybe wendy's 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 wins a lot here so i could get a frosty yeah, are you dunking the fries? fries? So, yeah. No, I no? don't dunk separate. them. They're dunk. separate, but like I always, I get them, I get them together. They yeah. like happen to be together in my stomach, but uh-huh. like not but while I'm not, eating yeah, them. Yeah, you're not yeah. using the fries as yeah. like a spoon yeah. or anything like that. No. Okay, yeah. Wendy's, Wendy's and Taco Bell are usually the, oh Taco Bell, yeah, is up there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, go to go to alcoholic beverage. Oh, margarita. margarita, spicy margarita, ideally. On the rocks, or are we doing on the like, rocks, but like. Yeah, just like a clean mark. I, I don't need all the crap. I want like just lime juice, uh-huh. Cointreau, tequila. Yeah. Shake it. <laughs> Done. Favorite childhood snack, and you can't go with cookie dough because that's just no. Yeah. Um, I would say Dunkaroos. <laughs> Dunkaroos. Yeah, those are like classic '90s. Yeah. 
chocolate or the uh, oh, vanilla fun come the on fetty vanilla yeah. one yeah, yeah yeah i'm a chocolate guy so mm. i'm always we i'm can't always... be friends <laughs> <laughs> just kidding uh sweet <laughs> oh, god sometimes there's questions i'm like why do i even ask these for certain people sweet or savory <laughs> I mean, that is actually hard because I feel like my whole, like during the day I'm all sweet all the time that I usually crave something savory. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would probably, if I had to choose, I'd probably choose sweet. Gotcha. Favorite food city, uh, domestic and international? New York, Mm -hmm. for sure. And um, internationally, I would probably say Paris. That's... Paris is a fan. I was just there, and I I love it between yeah. the foie gras and oh, duck so confit. What's the food scene like in St. Louis? I mean, St. Louis got, actually has a pretty good food I know, scene. Barbecue, right? Yeah, barbecue's great, yeah. huge. There's a huge like Italian oh, really? um, culture, and like they call it the hill. It's where they all kind yeah. of settled. So there's a ton of Italian. It's probably um, like Italians that like mobsters that had to leave New York and went to. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then there's actually a ton of like new and up and coming chefs and. Mm you know, people that have opened, recently opened restaurants in there. Cool. So there's some, I'm, anytime I go back, I'm like, okay, what's the newest, greatest place? Yeah. I feel like a lot of cities are like, you know, stepping, I mean, I live, you know, I'm the redheaded stepchild of New York. I live in Jersey city yeah. and you know, like, and I feel like every city is like, you know, stepping up their game. Yeah. As as I think like, food is becoming more, a more important part of our culture. Not yeah. that it hasn't been important in yeah, the past, exactly. but it's, it's just been different. How, how we, consume food is like certainly it's more entertainment yeah um you know more than ever that and i mean i think people uh like yourself are seeing like oh we can take this something that's existed in our lives this whole time and elevate it exactly the next yeah and i think that like because us as consumers are more cultured and um Mm -hmm. more exposed to to different cultures um we demand a little bit more you know more quality and also you know want better ingredients and want to know where our stuff's coming from and i think just um so yeah it's definitely elevated favorite cuisine i would probably say mexican like i love tacos good (laughs) street tacos (laughs) they don't need to be fancy just like good yeah nice i just uh I was at Timeout Marketplace just the other day, yep. and I had the Ivy Stark tacos there, so good. and those were uh, pretty on point. They're those some were, of my favorite. They're so good. Yeah. Guilty pleasure food. Um, probably gummy candy. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, like a like a watermelon sour patch. We grew up in a great time of like the candy and yeah. like you said Dunkaroos, I know. the snacks and so everything. Bad for the kids today. They're like all organic, non-GMO. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But you brought them dough. Yeah. Um, oh, something I totally wanted to talk to you about and forgot. Dough, D-O. Where did that come from? Yeah. So I thought about the name as like the first thing that came to my mind. I wanted it to be called dough because that is like what the experience is all about. Yeah. Um, but I didn't want it to just be D-O-U-G-H. I wanted, um, I wanted to, you know, basically spell it how it looks in the dictionary, like, yeah, like when you phonetic, go to pronounce yeah. it. And really the, the D with the O and the macron over it, for me, became like a symbol. And I, I came up with the logo first. And then the sprinkle pa- 
pattern actually is yeah. that the macron is like our sprinkle pattern that's ah, all over the place yeah. and the the circle we use as like polka dots and all all sorts of things so that kind of for me started the visual language and i wanted it to be something that you looked at and remembered you like definitely D-O-U- came from a marketing background. Yeah, D-O-U-G-H <laughs> is like, that could be any type of dough. Sure. I mean, so so could ours, but I wanted yeah. it to be more of a symbol and a logo of course. Um, than just like a word. And you're also, it's just like, you know, to do, to do. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> um, favorite condiment? Um, Buffalo sauce. Like, mm, yeah. Like not just hot sauce, but like buffalo, buffalo. hot sauce, yeah. yeah. What's the last thing you ate? I had. What did I have for lunch? Um, no. <laughs> I just had a handful of grapes. Handful of grapes. Like, oh, that count? Okay. That's so yeah. boring. Oh. It's fine. Some and grapes. I had leftovers from lunch. Yeah. What's so, that? I had leftovers oh, from leftovers lunch, from so it was lunch. like yeah. okay. not that exciting. <laughs> what would be your last meal? Ooh. Um, probably like pizza and tacos. <laughs> Pizza and tacos. Pizza and tacos. Like there, good pizza. Like, yeah. Like from Italy. Good. Ooh, you know, yeah. like the like fresh. Napoli. Like, yeah, yeah. Like straight out of a wood burning oven. Mm-hmm. And then some street tacos, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you prefer to dine in or dine out? Dine in. Dine I, in. Yeah. I like. Oh, wait. Dine out. Dine out. Sorry. Okay. Dine in a restaurant. I'm, D- you're saying dine, dine, out. dine out like you're going dine out. out to eat oh. and then to dine in is to cook for yourself. Oh, okay. Some, Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, eat dine, at home or eat out. Dine out. <laughs> okay. I enjoy the experience of a restaurant. Yes. Um, and as mu- I love cooking as well, but mm-hmm. like my entertainment is eating out. Yeah. The whole the experience. Yeah. And then the next step I love is going out to eat having something and then trying to replicate it at home. That's how I try to push myself as far as my own cooking skills. Yeah, that's but fancy. I'll try, you know. Uh, well, I mean, it's your livelihood, but what? what's, what? Uh, let's see if it's the same answer. What's your spirit food? My spirit food? Yeah, what food best embodies, like, you and your personality? Um, oh, man. And if you say cookie dough, then you have to give me a specific type of cookie no. dough. No. <laughs> I, I mean, I kind of, I keep saying it, but I kind of think tacos. Tacos, okay. Hard I mean, shell, soft shell? S- soft. Or, like, tortilla, yeah. yeah. Yeah, corn, tortilla, yeah. where just like basic, but good, you but know? good, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you don't need all the like fancy things. Yeah. You could just have like. Simple but high quality. Right, right. I like it. You go to the movies. Are you having a snack? And if so, what, what kind of snack are you having? Um, I'm definitely having popcorn, mm. but I think that movie theater popcorn is pretty shitty. Oh, okay. I'm not really a fan. Like, I would personally bring, I mean, I wouldn't, but ideally I would like to bring my own popcorn. Yeah. Just homemade popcorn. Homemade popcorn. So popcorn. much better. I've talked about this with a couple of my first cut guests, uh, about the next step for them. Do you see, I mean, you've got, you know, the time on marketplace, you've got city field, do you see maybe like movie theaters? Because I feel like that's the next like a, such a large yeah. you know, venue. I mean, I think it would be really good. Yeah. Um, especially we have like smaller sizes, so oh, okay. you could always yeah. like, and we have packs where you even like can mix different flavors cool. in the small ones. Um, 
I would love to eat cookie dough in the movie theater. So right. they have that like cookie dough candy, which like yeah, isn't really no, cookie dough. So I think we should just elevate that experience. Yeah, exactly. Right? I feel like that's the next venue. Like ballparks are stepping up their game. Yeah. Like movie theaters. I mean, it. I think that movie theaters have started, right? So yeah, they have well, those the, movie theaters that you can like, you have like a waiter and you can get yeah, dinner and like things like, like too that. Much, I think sometimes. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, they have, I, I do love like an Alamo draft house or then there's like the ones like the eye picks. Yeah. Like, those are like the ones. But I just want like a regular movie theater, but just with again, but just like, like more elevated better. concessions. Yeah, that's yeah. a good idea. Yeah. Do you? Um, question for you. Oh. Do you, <laughs> Do you like watching a movie at home or going to the movies? I love going to the movies. Going just because number. I mean, while I have a good system at home or whatever, yeah, you know, yeah. like I, I feel mean, like your system at home would be very fancy. It's it's good. Yeah. Uh, but there's just nothing like, and also at the same time, I love going in theaters, and I love. If it's a big movie, I love going to see it like opening weekend and just having that right, like visceral right. experience with people. But I am always fascinated, and like for a big blockbuster, I like seeing it with a big crowd. But then like a smaller intimate movie, I want like the movie theater going to a movie theater. But I want to feel like I love walking into a movie theater and then like no one being in there. Right, that's just that's like the best. yeah. It's just, yeah, exactly. It's just yeah. like, especially for a movie that I really want to like pay attention to and just right. really right. Like, like, you know, soak it in, soak it in. Yeah. Right. Versus like, you know, blockbuster movie. I love going and getting a popcorn and a soda beforehand that costs more than the movie ticket. Right. Right. <laughs> I know. But, yeah. Um, all right. And last question. What's the greatest lesson you've learned in food? Oh, man. Um, the greatest lesson I've learned in food, um, I guess for me, it's all about spreading joy. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, I happen to do that by making sweet desserts. Um, but it's always, it's always about the customer and the end user. Um, and it's an experience. Yeah. That's so make it an experience. Make it an experience. Yeah. Couldn't say it better. Well, thank you so much for coming on Foodie Films. Thank you for having me. Uh, please, right now, tell the listeners where they can find you. Obviously, all your locations, your social media, whatever you want to share. Yeah, so our flagship is in Greenwich Village. We're also in Dumbo. You can order online at cookiedonyc.com, and that ships nationwide. You can find me at Kristen Tomlin. Um, on Instagram and then check out the cookbook if you want to make cookie dough at home. It's Hello Cookie Dough. It's available for pre-order now and then it's coming out in October. Awesome. Are you doing any kind of speaking events or is that on your website or anything? Yeah. So the events are not posted yet, but we're working hard to kind of finalize all of them. Um, So there'll be some in New York, New Jersey, likely a couple other cities in the U.S. I'll be doing demos and speaking and yeah. book signings and all sorts of stuff so come find me and follow me um and i'll be posting it all there yeah they got that nice stage like platform area in the timeout marketplace on the fifth floor yeah could, never good, know never know well we have a little uh catchphrase to end every episode that's there's more to cut just something my grandmother always said so if you wouldn't uh, mind telling the listeners that there's more to cut there is more to cut thank you yeah thank you Yummy, 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 I got love in my tummy and I'm